I see you peeking around the corner. Yep, come on in. It's my stupid world. I'm in St. Eric Lane. So just relax. You're among friends because, you know, we're all stupid in some way or another. I can promise you, though, by the time you finish listening to this podcast, you'll feel less stupid because there's so many more people out there that are more stupid than you are. And by the way, you can help somebody with their stupidity by sharing this podcast. That way, they'll listen to this podcast and they won't feel so stupid. And if you haven't done so, subscribe and rate and review the podcast also because we need more stupid people to search us out in the search engines. And when you rate and review the podcast, then, well, it makes it easier to find as if people are out there looking for stupidity. Of course, after hearing some of these stories, it might appear that they just might. When uh, some people even teach stupidity in college. Now, I, I realize that there are many tools out there that one can use to learn. And um, I'm not sure I would learn much in this, but I'm pretty sure my kids would because they're big in Pokemon. But uh, what about Pokemath? <laughs> yeah, Pokemath is a course being taught at the University of Iowa that combines video games with math. Now, the class is being offered for a spring semester. The course uses the mobile game Pokemon Go, and they want students to think of math when they play the game. So if you've played Pokemon Go, well, you know that you're encouraged to explore your area, uh, getting some exercise and collecting Pokemon to use in battle with or against other players. Though the game features elements of chance, obviously, with players that need to use math to be able to perform well. The class is meant to get students who play games interested in the world of math. Now, the instructor says Pokemon has an attack stat or a defense stat, and they uh, have, a, you know, hit points. And where those numbers actually come from, the calculation to do that and how much actual work it takes to sort, uh, sort of go and find the stats is how they interact. A lot of students don't even know that, even if they've been playing the game for years. Well, here is the course instructor, Kittrick uh, Finart. Kittrick Finart. He's talking about why they chose Pokemon Go to teach math in college. Students seem to really enjoy using Pokemon to motivate mathematics, and it drew them into the, the math of Pokemon Go, but then also sent them out, and they started to see the math in other areas of their life. It includes some walking around. It's not super intensive with, like, video gamey stuff and, and sort of technical ability, and it's free. Now, he also says students who have taken the class have expanded their interests in math as well. So, wow, you mean... Pokemon can help you with math. How, what do you you know when Pokemon first came out? I just thought it was only good for getting kids into Satanism. <laughs> well, hey, oh, may, may, I don't, I'm sure the kids would be on board with playing Pokemon Go to learn math, but would women really be on board with this? Because it kind of looks more like a torture machine. There's a robotics company called Loom, L U U M, Loom. Now they've got this artificial intelligence-powered robot that can actually apply fake eyelashes faster than humans. <laughs> the CEO of Loom says it'll completely transform the experience of eyelash extensions at the salons. Now, they just installed their first one at a Ulta store in San Jose, California. 
So basically, you just come in and lie down. You have your eyes taped shut. They lock your head into this machine. Then two robotic arms <clears throat> with a pointy little tools glue fake lashes onto your real ones. Here's the president of Loom, Joe, Joe, Joe Lawson, talking about how this new tech works. Your eyes are taped closed and they slide you in, position you correctly, set the machine to do the job. And so we require a lash artist to prep you, have the consultation, run the machine, and they place, you know, somewhere between 50 or 60 lashes on each eye. Typically, the customers love us. They take naps or they just feel like it's like butterfly kisses and there's nobody leaning on your forehead with these super sharp instruments, literally a millimeter from your eyeball. So it just feels safer. It feels clean. Cleaner, it's faster, and the clients are loving it. Now, the tools have been described as featherweight, ultra-delicate wands. They can break away if the robot decides to start stabbing you in the eyeballs. So don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, one customer said it kind of feels like butterfly kisses. Now, the current model can do it 30% faster than a human, but uh, they're working on one that can actually do it 400% faster and hope to have them at every Ulta store someday. I don't know. Are you getting clockwork orange vibes like I am? I don't know. Nothing like placing your eyesight into the hands of new tech. Welcome to the AI Spa and Salon. Please choose from the service menu. You have chosen eyelash extensions. Your regular technician, Julie, has been replaced with a robot instead of two hands. Your robot is equipped with wands similar to tweezers. Please lie down on the spa-like table and place your head in the cradle. Before we begin, we are confirming you have chosen ear piercing. No, 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 no. Press 1 if this is correct. No. You have chosen ear piercing. No, no, no. You have chosen tattoo removal. No. Thank you for choosing AI Spa and Salon. That will be $200. Oh, no! This kind of makes me glad that I don't have to worry about having false eyelashes, you know? Well, here is a 33-year-old man in Canada who has been convicted of sexual assault. Of course, it's a very serious crime, but the details are pretty stupid. See, the guy's grand scheme was this. He would meet men online pretending to be a woman named Angela. Then he would invite them to his home for some anonymous fun. But there were rules. There was no talking, and uh, the men would never see him. Instead, they'd, um, uh, <clears throat> let's just say, uh, interact through a hole in a sheet that was hanging in a doorway. <laughs> okay. Oddly enough, that might entice some people. And the perp did this at least a couple of times that I know of. He was caught when the second victim simply just pulled the sheet down and saw him on the other side wearing a black wig. Now, it's unclear why he wore a wig if they wouldn't see him. Also, I guess this means the first victim didn't catch on. You know, needless to say, the man's been sentenced to more than two years in prison. I'm not sure what's worse, 
the man that did it or the sap that fell for it? Well, there's a United Airlines cross-country flight that was cut short. The jetliner landed in Denver when the wing started falling apart mid-flight. Oh, that's always comforting. A passenger on the San Francisco to Boston flight said that he had just put in his earbuds and began to start to kind of doze off when he felt the plane start to shake. He says one of the pilots walked down the aisle of the main cabin and then came back to the cockpit and announced that the plane had some minor damage to its right wing and the flight would be diverted to Denver. So the man opens his window shade and took a video of the damage. United said that Boeing 757-200 carrying 165 passengers landed in Denver to, quote, address an issue with the slat on one of the wings. Now, here's the passenger that was posting the damage on X just as the flight landed in Denver. We're just about to land in Denver with the wing coming apart on the plane. Came apart, we took off in San Francisco. And in case you didn't know, the slats are those movable panels on the front or the leading edge of the wing. And usually you see them used during the takeoffs and landings. Most of the times, uh, you know, they use them when they land to kind of, you know, create some resistance in the airflow to slow the plane down. Well, United didn't say what caused the damage, which left pieces of the slat torn away. The FAA said that it is investigating, which is comforting. The plane landed safely in Denver. The passengers were put on a different plane. Then they arrived later in the day in Boston. The incident comes, of course, at a time of heightened passenger jitters about the blowout of a door panel on an Alaska Airlines jetliner flying over Oregon. I mean, this is just insane, you know, because if people wanted to board a dysfunctional aircraft, they'd probably just book through Spirit. Kevin Clark was among the 165 passengers aboard that Boeing on the flight from San Francisco to Boston when that right wing started shredding. It's kind of the first time in a while that we had the left wing that wasn't causing more problems. <clears throat> well, we've had all kinds of stories, you know, about robots putting on false eyelashes for women and all kinds of... Um, um, body modifications that the women go through to appear more um, perfect, I guess, right? Well, now we have something that the men can feel equally just as, um, I don't know, <laughs> confident. Men are having their nipples reconstructed. They want to look like the soccer legend David Beckham's nips. My question is, what are men doing staring at David Beckham's nipples? The sports star, by the way, is famed for having the ideal male nipple, which is a small almond-shaped and symmetrical nipple. Never knew there was even such a thing. And now men in New York are having an operation that looks just like David Beckham's nipples. The trend is being driven by a turn toward wearing more tight-fitting shirts, you see. It makes your nipples appear more prominent. Now, Dr. Ellie Levin, who also has a practice in New York's Upper East Side, says it was a definite, a growing trend. Now says uh, he's carrying out about one procedure every two weeks, which involves extracting breast tissue from underneath the nipples and sewing them back up to give a smaller appearance. Dr. Everett tells the Daily Mail, this is a thing. For example, a patient living in New York comes to me on Friday and says he always wanted to have his nipples to look like David Beckham's. 
Now, the surgery costs up to five grand for both of your nipples, and it's really convenient because guys can literally go back to work in about an hour. It's actually done by cutting around the sides of the nipple to remove some of the skin and any extra breast tissue that that may have formed. And then they stitch the nipple back together. Surgeons may also cut out most of the nipple protrusion, the pointed area in the center of the nipple, to make the nipple smaller and more mm, almond-like. Before the surgery, men are asked to shave the hair off of their chest. Now, that's done using basically then a local anesthetic then to numb the area. After they shave their chest, they numb the area, then they get operated on. A few have also been men who have had breast tissue form around the nipple, which might be driven by supplements like androgens, uh, steroid used on bodybuilders, even marijuana. Some men can have prominent nipple protrusions, which are totally natural. Others may also be concerned by a larger nipple area, otherwise known as the areola, which is that dark-colored skin around the nipple. Dr. Levin says that men are continuously becoming more and more conscious of how they dress and how they appear. If they're wearing something with a tight-fitting form, that shows the nipples more prominently. Well, that might make them uncomfortable. They don't want the focus on what they're wearing if they're wearing a form-fitting shirt to be the nipple. So they want their nipple to look like David Beckham. So much for six-pack abs. I just want to go for Beckham's nipple. Well, if somebody tells you I have a rocket launcher in my car, you might respond, are you smoking crack? Well, for this guy, the answer would be yes. Police were called to the parking lot of a Red Roof Inn in Massachusetts to investigate a suspicious vehicle. It's unclear what seems strange about it, but the witness was right. The cops approached, talked to the driver, and saw some potential drug paraphernalia. So they searched the car and found crack cocaine and an M-190 U.S. Army rocket launcher. (laughs) The driver, Harvey Johnson, was arrested and charged with possession of crack cocaine and possession of an incendiary device. The rocket launcher was turned over to the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. A rocket launcher and crack cocaine. Quite the combo. Somehow, even more dangerous than any combo of items you could even get from White Castle. Weapons and drugs just are not what you'd expect to find in the parking lot of a Red Roof Inn. Now, if you had a, maybe set a Motel 6 or a Super 8, well, sure. And this was bound to happen. There's an Ohio couple that held their wedding in a rather unusual venue. A Kentucky gas station's viral disco bathroom. Logan Abney and Tiana Alstock, who live in the Cincinnati area, exchanged vows in the bathroom at the Hop Shops locations in Verona. The store's bathroom went viral online for their big red button that causes a disco ball to switch on and dance music to play. Of course, we talked about that in a previous podcast. Well, here's the moment that Logan uh, Abney and Tiana Alstock tied the knot and then hit the big red button that triggered the gas station's bathroom and lights. As you place these disco-inspired rings on each other's fingers, let them be a reminder of the vibrant and dynamic dance you've embarked upon. From the first disco bathroom to the dance floor of life, may the circles within these rings echo the rhythm of your hearts, intertwined with ever-hopping through beats of love. You may now press the red button and then kiss your bride to start your disco-infused ribboning journey 
with your first disco wedding dance. Yes, uh, Abney says uh, in his vows, Tiana, from the first dance in this disco bathroom to this moment, I vow to hop through life with you through the funk beats and mellow melodies, every rhythm in life. The couple presses the red button at the end of the ceremony and share their first dance. Now, as I said, you've probably seen the videos. Uh, the truck stops have got these big red buttons in the bathroom that say, do not press this button. And when people do press it, the lights and the disco music go off. When this couple exchanged their vows in one of those bathrooms, believe it or not, we actually were able to obtain the audio. We are gathered here today to witness the union of Tiana and Logan. Love has brought them together in the most unique way. And today they embark on a journey that begins with a ceremony and their first dance in a disco bathroom. As we celebrate their love, let us join our hearts and minds in this joyous occasion. Logan, do you take Tiana to be your lawfully wedded wife? I do. Tiana, do you take Logan to be your lawfully wedded husband? I do. By the power vested in me, by the state of Kentucky, I now pronounce you husband and wife. You may now press the red button and then kiss your bride and start your disco-infused riveting journey. I think it was the first time in wedding history you could successfully bust a move and drop a deuce at the same time. Well, hopefully they'll have better luck in their honeymoon than this guy. There's a woman who uh, was selling sex on the forbidden streets of Los Angeles's red light district recalled a time, one of her uh, most memorable moments, you might say. The sex worker's name is Mariah. She was talking to the Soft White Underbelly podcast about how on one occasion a man paid her a thousand bucks for her um, <clears throat> company, but sadly she never saw him again. She said there was uh, one guy who actually paid me a thousand dollars just for my company, but he said that something happened to his um, dinghy afterwards. I, I don't know what exactly he, he just said that it wasn't working for him. His uh, ding dong wasn't working, she says. Mariah works mainly on the notorious Figura Street in South Los Angeles. Hundreds of women can be found at almost any hour of day or night working in an area centered around a dozen or so cheap motels. But yeah, that's uh, an interesting concept. Yeah, he wants to go and visit a uh, woman of the night, but he just wants her company because his dinghy is, is broke. <laughs> Takes all kinds, I guess. Well, the over-under... On the number of German shepherds that you can deal with in a car is 0.05, depending on how much you like big dogs. There's a woman in St. Petersburg, Florida named Kiki. She was dropping her kid off at daycare, and, well, she briefly left the car door side, the side door open for her car, and then, out of nowhere, three German shepherds dashed into her vehicle and wouldn't get out. Kiki said they were holding the car hostage. She didn't know what to do, so she called the cops. Police shows up. They tried to struggle to get the dogs out. And in a post on Facebook, they said, quote, some dogs will do anything for a car ride. Well, they eventually coaxed the German shepherds out using fish sticks. The dogs did get a ride <clears throat> to the local animal urgent care where they were watched until the owner was located. It's really unclear what the owner's story is, but I'm assuming They'd only been sent back to a good home. Now, 
In the comments section of this post, one local person says, uh, this is not the first time these three have done this. They jumped in my son's car a couple of years ago, and he brought them home, and we tracked down the owner. I babysat them until he came and picked them up. They're overly friendly dogs. Three large, overly friendly German shepherds. Interesting German shepherd situation down there in St. Petersburg, I'll say that. By the way, it doesn't sound like Kiki's car was damaged, but it was a mess. You don't expect that, you know? Just random dogs coming and taking siege of your car, not getting out. It's a pretty funny video. You know, three German shepherds sitting in the driver's seat smiling at you. Well, you know what, um, you know, when you remember the back in the good old days when the Karens demanded to talk to the manager, but they're still behaving in a way that won't get any sympathy. Well, this is a stupid criminal version of that. A 42-year-old man in Canada was arrested when someone called the cops to say he was causing a disturbance in a restaurant. No, he was intoxicated. He wouldn't leave. So the cops wrote him up and then they drove him home. But the man was still fuming. And shortly afterwards, he drives himself to the police station and demanded to talk to a supervisor about the previous arrest. By the way, he showed some signs of impairment, so uh, they made him take a breathalyzer, and he failed. So they arrested him again, this time for DUI, and they took away his license. You should have stopped while you were ahead. Now, there are good cops and a few bad cops, but here's one of the stupid cops. A 33-year-old police officer in Columbus, Mississippi, lost her job because she was caught shoplifting while on duty. Her name is Robin Connor. She was working, and by the way, she was working in uniform. She allegedly walked out of a Dick's Sporting Goods with $140 worth of shoes. It's a $140 pair of shoes. She just walked out with it. So the employee saw it, called 911. Robin was still in the uniform when the fellow officers got there to take her into custody. And, of course, this part has really got a sting. They took her to jail in her own police car. Here's Chief Joseph Daughtery talking about the incident. We have a job to do. We're held to a higher standard. The community is just starting to trust us. And to take this gut punch really hurts. Uh, that's why we fulfilled our obligation, not only to the store, but to this community. Well, the city council held a special meeting the next day and unanimously voted her to have her canned. The chief of police called the incident embarrassing for the entire department. Robin is now out of a job and now facing charges of uh, misdemeanor shoplifting and probably never did get those shoes. Well, who doesn't like a little braised pork with her coffee, huh? Starbucks is um, kind of betting on that unusual combination with a new drink. It's been released in China to mark the Lunar New Year. It's called the Abundant Year Savory Latte. The brand describes it as having an interesting flavor. The drink combines Dongpo braised pork flavor sauce with espresso and steamed milk with extra pork sauce and pork breast meat for garnish, according to the Starbucks delivery app. If you would like to purchase something like that, it's going to set you back $9.45, according to the app. Photos of the drink posted on Chinese social media platform Weibo by the Shanghai Starbucks Reserve Roastery show a drizzle of dark red sauce atop the latte foam with a square slice of pork on a skewer resting on the mug rim. 
Eating meat means prosperity in the coming year, the roastery writes on Weibo just days before the Lunar New Year began. It added that the drink brings traditional New Year customs into coffee and creates an unexpected savory and sweet flavors. The latte is available at Starbucks reserve, reserve stores around the country. The Starbucks pork latte has quickly gained traction on Chinese social media with the topic viewed more than 476,000 times on Weibo. Some users expressed curiosity. Others were skeptical, pointing to the high price point and questioning why would they drink the latte instead of, you know, instead of eating the real braised pork. Now, Jupai News, a site affiliated with the state-run Shenzhang Daily, reported that the drink had already sold out at one store in Wuhan, with customers saying the flavor was unique, with a dense, smooth mouthfeel. Yum. Well, there's an annual event commonly known as the Naked Man Festival that has come to an abrupt end after almost a thousand years all because of declining population in the area. According to organizers, the Soman Sai Festival, commonly known as the Naked Man Festival, involves hundreds of loincloth-clad men gathering at the Kokosaki Temple in Oshu, Japan, to wrestle for ownership of a bag of talesmans blessed by the temple's chief priest. Now, this festival dates all the way back to about a thousand years. It was held every year on the seventh day of the Lunar New Year. Daigo Funjinami, the chief priest of the Kokuskiji Temple, announced that this year's festival was the facility's last. He says the decision is due to the aging of individuals involved in the festival and the shortage of successors. Fujinami writes on the temple's website. While efforts were made to continue the festival to the best of our abilities in order to prevent last-minute cancellations or disruptions in the future, the decision to cancel the festival itself has been made. So this year's winner was a 49-year-old local resident named Kikuchi Toshaki, who is a member of the festival's Preservation Association. He said, it is sad that the festival is ending. I participated in hopes that it would be a memorable festival, he tells the outlet NHK. So I guess if you want to have a naked man wrestling festival or something, you'd have to do it now in your own backyard. <laughs> and if you deal with chronic debilitating pain, well, there's some things that you just can't do. You know, like throw a Christmas tree. There's a 36-year-old woman in Ireland, though. She was in a car accident some seven years ago, and her vehicle was rear-ended, so she files a personal injury lawsuit for $825,000, claiming that she was left with a, dis disable a disabling condition, claiming that she had constant back and neck pain that prevented her from working for more than five years. She also couldn't play with her kids. She couldn't carry out basic chores, couldn't even take out the trash case has been tied up for quite a while and recently however the court was shown a newspaper photo from 2018 which was less than a year after the crash and it shows this same woman participating in a christmas tree throwing contest <laughs> okay now she's actually heaving this large spruce tree in the photo the woman said that even though she may have looked happy, she was in excruciating pain at the time. Well, as you might guess, the judge didn't buy it and threw out her case, just like throwing out a big spruce Christmas tree. 
open to talking about anything, but love talking about surviving in the stupidity that's always around us. And if you're insane enough to ask, I'm insane enough to reply. I'd love to hear from you either by leaving a voice message or a written message. And you can even do that at uh, podcast.insaneericlane.com. Leave any comment you have from a podcast or even if a question you have, I'll be happy to address either one. Your questions or comments might even be played and or even talked about in a future podcast episode. And if you or someone you know would like to join in on a podcast, you're more than welcome to participate. You can... Uh, Download the Spotify for Podcasters app on your phone, and you can do that just as simple as a phone call. Or I can even send you a link that you can actually participate from the website. You can download the app to your favorite app store and add that uh, podcast to your favorites. You can also email me with comments, questions, requests at shoutout at insaneericlane.com. And, of course, should you certainly subscribe to the podcast if you listen on Apple, iHeart, Breaker, Google, Verbo, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Don't forget to follow me also on Facebook and X. Just look up the handle at Insane Eric Lane. I think I have just found a really cool attraction to go and see when I'm on my vacation next week. Uh, you mean it, it, it's not the, uh, what, what not they, the uh, what's the nice w- way of saying? Uh, it, it's not uh, the Smoky Mountain Cat House. <laughs> <laughs> no. So uh, I, I did some more Googling around just to see what's out there. Have you ever, you you may have these in Florida. You you you've seen the Bucky's convenience stores, right? Oh yeah, yeah. We got a Bucky's here. We, we, yeah. People people love Bucky's down here. I, I don't know what it is, but they love it. Well, check this out. Where we're going to be going in the Smoky Mountains, they have a Bucky's. It's the world's largest Bucky's. Oh man. Well, so you know people are going to love that. <laughs> we're looking at seventy four thousand square feet. <laughs> <laughs> Why? It's like yeah. a warehouse of Bucky's. Yeah. Uh, you can fit several Bucky's inside of that Bucky's. Yeah. I mean, 120 gas pumps. Can you believe that? It's kind of <laughs> what's the what's the point? I don't know, but you know what? If I, if you want to go to a convenience store that is just stupidly big, that's the one to go to right there. So <laughs> I'm definitely we're going to we're going to Bucky's in Sevierville, Tennessee. That's for sure. All right. So, <laughs> so yeah, um, I, I, I've also noticed that, you know, for some reason, my, I keep filling my my little glass even fuller every week with my Scott's Gold whiskey. Oh, see, yeah, you're, you're becoming uh, an addict. And, and we've talked about this. I have had to cut back and back on that stuff. Um, not that I ever drink a lot, but it, you're, you're, de- I guess it dehydrates me like significantly yeah. faster rate than it used to well, or something. How much of it did you drink? Not that much. Yeah. Like, like a, a, a small, like, like maybe what, two shots worth, you know, sipping okay. on that. 
Yeah. And, okay. and like, I wake up with a headache the next day for no reason. Is that right? Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I don't know, something happened. I got. I, I turned thirty, and then that started <laughs> happening. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure I've got more than two shot glasses here. Oh, so. yeah, I mean, so, sometimes that would happen for me too. Um, yeah. You know, the weird thing is that that for me, whiskey and, and like liquor, I, I get like focus. Like some people, you know, say, "Oh man, they get drunk faster." I, hey, I, I would never get drunk, but like I would never get tipsy or no. dizzy or anything no. with that. I get no. very focused, and I keep a very clear mind with uh, with like like the hard. Kind of well, liquor for I, some reason. To be honest with you, I don't think I've ever felt tipsy, you know, after drinking it. And but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how I felt tipsy after like like whiskey or something. It's always beer yeah. and wine for me for some reason. If I'm gonna be tipsy, now, I mean, I don't even feel tipsy much after that. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm just sipping it too slow. I, I probably should drink it faster. You know, no, I, I, well, no, I like, I like, I like I'm a sipping uh, yeah. kind of drink kind of guy. Yeah. Well, it's a shame that you have that kind of reaction. I think you might actually like Scott's Gold. It's very, very, very smooth. Uh, I, probably, I probably would. I No, I like smoky, though. Give me a smoky scotch, and yeah. that's what I want. Or, or a mezcal, like a smoky tequila. Yeah. See, th- I can tell you this right now is not smoky. I can promise you that yeah. right now. <laughs> I, if it's not smoky, I'd rather just have whiskey instead of scotch then. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, we're we're actually leaving on Sunday to go um, on our, our vacation. We're actually going to swing through Winston Salem, North Carolina. I've got a college friend that lives down there. Oh, so we're gonna, I've got a friend yeah. who went to college down there too. Yeah, and so I, we'll be. I, there I will for, say, I like Winston Salem. It's good. Yeah, and then uh, my my wife has got a cousin, I think, in Asheville, North Carolina. So we're going to swing back that way and then come into Tennessee. I think she has another cousin in East Tennessee somewhere, and then we'll meet up with your mom and dad in uh, in at Sevierville Pigeon Forge area, and um, we're uh, we're going to go and you know kick up our heels. I used to live right in that area. It, it is a, a fun place. It'll be right. Oh, we don't always yeah. go to the Pigeon Forge area. Yeah, um, Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge yep. kind of area. Yep. Right yep. after like the long you know, days long hikes in the backwoods oh, yeah. of the Smoky Mountains. Oh yeah. 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 Well, they, I also heard they have a Ripley's believe it or not. That's there. Oh and yeah. I know the one. Yep. I, <laughs> I remember seeing it. Never well, went into it. Well, they tell you that I can actually call them and tell them that I'm with the radio station and they will give me a free pass to get in. Really? So yeah. With one caveat, I have to go back and tell everybody on the radio about going to Ripley's and Tell everyone what a great place it was. So well, there that, you go. You know. Did you tell them how small of a town that you come from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. So, uh, what I'm <laughs> really thinking about doing is I'm thinking about saying, well, I also do a podcast about stupidity, and this is an entire museum about stupidity. Maybe I can interview That's, somebody. That is true. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you know? So I just do a, a little quick bonus trailer of the podcast from Ripley's in Sevierville or Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. And uh, yeah, we'll talk yeah. about some, what have you got here that is really stupid? <laughs> so, I, um, well, I'd like to think that, you know, people going there end up looking at you and, and pointing fingers and stuff <laughs> and, and like thinking that you're part of the exhibit or something in my mind. That's what I, I'm imagining. You know, you may have a good, you may have, you may be onto something. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
what I might have to do, and I won't tell my wife about this, I'll just secretly pack one of my uh, crop tops. <laughs> Wear it to Ripley's. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, um, yeah. I, so, um, I love, well, look here. I, I'm not going to be um, – well, the next week, we, we are, are, are not going to have an episode then, right? You'll, you'll have a uh, week yeah. off of no poncho. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I don't know what I'll be able to do. But but you never know. This this whole thing could come up with. I may have me a new gig, you know, gr- Grandpa and a crop top. That's the believe it or not at the, at the new Ripley's, you know. <laughs> grandpa on a crop top. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I was right. You are a grandpa at this point. Oh man. Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you my um, and I, I will say it's not stupidity. I don't think I raced through doing my taxes somehow between <laughs> dinner time and now while still having time to give a quick bath to my son and play a little bit of Pokemon with him. Uh, so not sure how I managed that, but uh, you know, I, I will say I have uh, somehow by accident, I guess I've got it like almost perfectly calculated this year um, when it came to how much I owe versus getting back when mm-hmm. I don't account for the child tax credit that you get. Um, mm-hmm. And so like, if I did not have two kids, my tax refund would have been $21. But with the two kids, I get a, a nice little, you know, a pocket change on yeah. top of that to yeah. uh, put towards saving for a car. So, yeah, there you go. Well, when you have those kids in college, you get a little tax break, too. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah. You know, they did ask me a question about that. Uh, yeah. Okay. I haven't got to that point yet, but yeah, you know, one day. So one day. So, uh, well, that, no, no you wonder know, you're encouraging your kids to go to college and uh, pay their own bills, huh? That's right, exactly. Um, you know, by the way, um, I had a story on the uh, midweek bonus episode podcast here about something you might want to keep in mind if you're going to teach little Poncho about Pokemon. Get him into Pokemon, but oh, yeah. get him into Pokemon Go and teach him math because there's actually a college that's using Pokemon Go to teach their kids math. So basically, playing Pokemon Go with them is going to be like a, a college-level course for, <laughs> for right. a four-year-old. That's right. See? Um, so you get a head start. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I thought about that. I, someone literally brought it up to me today about, uh, you know, like, oh, you know what? I bet he'd love Pokemon Go. Get him outside. And, and really, yeah. the, the reality is I've got no issues with my son wanting to go outside. He yeah. would live outdoors if he could. Yeah. Right. Um, so my my issue, I think, would be, uh, I I don't know if I want to bring the phone out so soon uh, with him. That that might do much more harm than good. I think it backfire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's this is true. So have you actually has that been a, a conversation between you and Mrs. Pancho as to what oh, age we, we briefly have talked? Oh, we don't even know what age to give, but we do know that whatever phone they get uh, will not have internet connection. Mm, um, okay. Because, yeah. yeah, you know, you don't want them to grow up uh, already addicted to, <laughs> well, phones or anything else, I guess, for that matter. Um, right, right. <laughs> uh, if you want them to have an actually happy and, and healthy uh, childhood and life. Um, and you're finding that, that the kids are finding out, well, parents are finding out the results of that now. So you're probably wise by doing that. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I will say uh, having kids now versus, like, you know, uh, I, I don't know, like 10 years ago, maybe uh, 15. We, it is nice to at least have some of the data. But even then, I could have already imagined and have an idea of the kind of havoc that that would create and, and have on a young mind. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. To begin with. Oh, yeah. 
Well, I think like all the microtransactions you get on these little games uh, on phones and other things that that imagine what that's going to do, you know, for like a a gambler's addiction for kids (laughs) as they get older, you know, absolutely. Um, You know, and 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 and, of course, then again, we're saying this now. We don't know what sort of dangers are lurking 20 years from now, you know, from the technologies that we haven't even seen yet. You know, so just when you think you get ahead. You know, you're you're kind of well. Let me just add some of the woes we've been having at work. I've been telling you, you know, we've had our main server, which is we've not had at our at our work. We're running around and trying to, you know, move files around at, at three radio stations with thumb drives. So uh-huh. the good news is we did get our server back this week. Okay. Oh. The not so good news is it's been sitting downstairs, hooked up, or I should say, plugged in, but none of the computers have been have been uh, networked into it yet so it's there oh. but we still can't access it and to make matters worse we had this massive cold front blow through here overnight and i come into work today and we had no internet at all at a radio station where we are dependent upon downloading shows and things to put on the radio we had no internet so I'd like to think that your job would have been to uh, just like ad lib everything, you know, yourself much. then like, all right, I've got a microphone. I can broadcast it out. No Internet. Uh, you know, <laughs> today, uh, next song, we've got Old Man River. And, and, you know, just have you have you sing the whole thing for everybody. I would tune into that. If that I would tune into the train wreck. Uh, it was out of curiosity, morbid curiosity. No, no, no. What it was more like for us, it was like this is Charlie Callis at KORN. Uh, you know, if you've ever watched the old, <laughs> the old Hee Haw shows, that was the radio DJ there at KORN. So, and believe me, it was corn radio today for sure. I promise uh, you. Well, I mean, again, you, you go back to these ancient references that you expect me to know. I'm, oh. I'm familiar with, uh, was it Yeehaw, uh, yeah. whatever, but I, uh, nothing beyond. Yeah. Just, uh, I, I know, know it was a thing. It was a thing. I know. But, yeah. but I, I, you remember the Dukes of Hazard, I would hope. Yeah, I, I'm familiar with it. I never yeah. watched any of it. But. No, no. Well, see, I, I love the Dukes of Hazard, And so I just tell everyone that uh, Cooter is the chief engineer and the, the boss is Boss Hog. You know, and the. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't get those references. Yeah. Well, let's just basically say redneck radio. Okay. That's all yeah, I can yeah. the best way to put it. You know. Uh, all I know no, is that make a Joe Dirt reference, and I'll understand that one. Well, true, true. But look, <laughs> all I can say is this: you know, in seven years, I don't really care. And you know what? That's yeah, because yeah. I'm, I'm I'll be six feet under seven years from now, so I'm not going to worry about it. <laughs> I was going to say, I know, yeah. I mean, at this point, you know, you're really like six years and uh, in ten months or something like that. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and if you keep drinking tall glasses of scotch, then maybe you know. I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know. I mean, you're making up for lost time with that. Well, some of these people that live to be 102, they always say that their secret of longevity is having a glass of whiskey every night. You know, you never know. You well, I, I I'm, not, I'm pretty sure that my wife would have something different to say about that. She. <laughs> You know, she studied nutrition and stuff. So, um, okay. but there are these. Uh, what is it? They call it like the blue, blue, blue something. Um, I don't know. Uh, basically, these these cultures that have certain common things where uh, they, but but some of them are different. Where they have like a much longer than normal life expectancy or longevity. Um, right. 
And uh, and one of the things, like some people are like, they don't drink any alcohol whatsoever. Uh, right. Some of them are like, they might have like a glass of wine, like red wine a night. That's it. Um, right. You know, or like, you know, a special diet that they tend to eat, like Mediterranean or, or something. But um, there are these common, maybe blue zone. Is that what it's called? I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, yeah. They, there are these special things like that that, uh, you know, are, are common. I've never heard about drinking a glass of whiskey a night as being uh, one of those things. But I don't know. You know, uh, look, look, I'm going to just tell you this. I mean, OK, now my, my dad was a teetotaler. He wouldn't even drink something that looked alcoholic. OK. And, um, and, and, and he, he died at 70, you know? So what does that tell you? So no, no, like, uh, what do they call that? Like liquid death, the, the new yeah. can of water, no, no <laughs> liquid death for, <laughs> for your dad. Yeah. That's right. That's right. See, so maybe, you know, and, and my grandmother, on the other hand, who made muscadine wine and dipped snuff all of her life, she lived to be 99. So do the right. math. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> Okay. Sometimes those things just don't make sense. Um, <laughs> you know, look, I, I hope that your week, I mean, it sounds like your week isn't really too much better than last week. Thankfully, no, just, my week has been good. I went on a date this week. Oh, well, you're, well, hopefully yeah. it's going to be with Mrs. Poncho. <laughs> I, know, I, was, I was ready for, for uh, you know, but yeah, no, it was Mrs. Poncho. Um, <laughs> we, we had someone, so this is what dates look like for us now. And, and some people might hear this and think, oh, gosh, never kids. I don't want to ever have, but kids are great. Um, you know, we, in a way, weird way, we kind of missed uh, our, well, we knew that our, our oldest was going to just have fun wherever he was at. Um, right. Family from our church, basically, offered to kind of watch him, you know, for a couple hours. And oh, we went, nice. went out and I ate as much sushi as I possibly could. Um, <laughs> and so we get out. It, it was the, the, the youngest one, right? He's now five, almost six months old. I guess six months tomorrow. Dang. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Oh, which by the way, happy happy leap year! We're recording yeah. a leap year today, so uh, only going to record uh, today. Well, once every four years. Um, That's right. We will, we so, will be so doing anyways. Four years. Yeah, we we go out and and we're kind of like debating, man, do we do we bring them with us or not? Because uh, like I could see it working out okay, but you know we, we just have to top them off and feed them before we leave because he's yep. he's never had a bottle, so mm. I don't expect that to work uh, now. And um, yeah. And so we left him, uh, dropped him off, and basically by the time we get to the restaurant, we get a phone call like, "Hey, so we're pretty sure that he's reaching his limit on uh, things. Like he's not crying, but he, he's looking at us like he's just about to lose it." Um, yeah. And it's the first that we've ever been away from him like like that. Anyways, so it's kind of weird. Like we're on a date, and we're kind of like, "I kind of miss, I, I kind of miss him." I feel like <laughs> it's weird. Like when, when they're under a year and still breastfed, they kind of literally feel like. Uh, you know, uh, uh, like a, a part of you, like an appendix yeah. or something that, you know, is, is like, you know, I, I could leave him with someone and then he's good, but like, I feel like a part of you is missing. That's um, right. And so we, you know, they, they end up actually driving him over to the restaurant and dropping him <laughs> off. And, uh, and so he gets to hang out and eat sushi with us for, you know, the last 20 minutes of our meal or something like that. And it worked out well. We, we enjoyed it. It was really nice. No, um, I thought so it's, it's been a good week. I thought maybe you were going to say that they were going to try to figure out how to, how to nurse him because he didn't get enough to eat. <laughs> Man, that'd be funny. Yeah, just give, give him, an, uh, I guess, an empty pump, you know, of, uh, <laughs> or empty tank. Of, um, no, it was good. And I, I will say, you know, my wife was like, it's so classy and beautiful. I, we felt, I felt very classy, the, the two of us, somehow having two kids, both yeah. young, and we well, looked 
put together considering felt, felt really good. And, um, and, and one of the things that, you know, I, I think we, all of us have pretty classy names as well. I think they're very classic uh, names. Um, yeah. and, uh, it, but it's really funny when you, when you get this, we know like, like, I feel like four people that are either have just had babies like this week yeah. to yeah. having them within the next few weeks. Um, it's crazy how many people we know that are pregnant right now. And uh, well, it's always interesting to figure out what names that they give them, right? Yeah, well, well, um, you 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 don't want to stop it too. I know you want to go go with the third one. Sometimes, right, yeah. So you know, there's even ideas that we've got for like, okay, well, if we have a boy or girl, um, you know, what what names do we like and are in agreement with on that? Right, um, right. And and so, um, you know, and and sometimes some people want to keep them a secret so they can kind of surprise uh, right, everyone with right. it. And now we would not do that. We would we would come up with a name, and usually by the time you have like a baby shower, we'll have a name picked out already. Anyways, uh, and, and maybe that's the way to go because there's a less risk involved that way. <laughs> um, so, uh, welcome to the podcast, everybody. Um, look, first stupid story of the week here. Um, we got a woman paying tribute to her grandparents and wow. you teased this last week. Um, this baby gets a, a, a name that was, I guess, um, you know, not, we'll say that the mom thought it was great uh, until mm -hmm. she revealed to everybody. Um, and apparently she just, she learned a new word that day. We'll mm -hmm. say. Um, so if you think Gen Z is spending too much time using online shorthand and not enough time learning actual words, you'll appreciate this. Let's uh, let, let this serve as a stark reminder to all parent triple check uh, all parents triple check your baby's name before you put it on the birth certificate. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's a 20 year old woman had a baby girl, and for her girl's name, she wanted to pay tribute to her grandparents, which is very nice. I, very I did that for um, yeah, I did, I did that for my my first son. Uh, yeah. my, my grandfather's name is Tom and I made, uh, well, my middle, my dad's name is Tom. My middle name is Thomas. Um, uh, you know, Poncho Thomas. The, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, uh, Poncho Thomas Guido. That's uh, it rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> so for my son, we, we made his middle name Tomas, uh, you know, remove the age. Well, he I, is a uh, quarter Mexican. I, it blends both sides of the family very well. I, I'm paying tribute I, I, to my I dad have, and my grandfather. I have a feeling that that your your mother just said he's what? <laughs> I'm adding to the lore of Pancho Guero, okay? Um, but like it's it's like a family name, you know. There, the little piece of me. It's my middle name. It's my dad's name. My grandfather's yeah. name. So right. So I like that. So it's, it, I really appreciate what she's trying to do here. The only issue is she wanted to keep the name a secret until she had everything signed and all the official documents. Like, you know, grand reveal of, well, it wasn't until afterwards that her family were able to let her in on the real meaning behind the name. Okay. She wanted the name to be a sweet nod to her grandparents, Harvey and Charlotte. Okay, and uh, maybe some of you might see where this is going. She decided to blend the two names together to form Harlot, um, <laughs> which is kind of like where you're going to be going next week, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the cat house. Um, <laughs> so yeah. no, 
<laughs> no, her grandfather didn't meet her grandmother when he hired her for an evening. Um, oh, there's there's no indication that her grandpa ever paid for naughty time. Okay. <laughs> uh, her cousin shared the story on the internet and said that the woman had never heard the term harlot. Uh, no. Now, she at least spelt it differently, but who, no one's going to know the difference when you hear it spoken, right? Right, um, right. No, it, you know, it is a bit of an outdated word, but... Keep, keep in mind, if she's combining Harvey and Charlotte, well, then that would make it H-A-R-L-O-T-T-E, right? So, I mean, right. I, that, that looks... Well, she, she's only 12 years younger than me, so I don't think that's an excuse to not know what this word is. Um, right. take, take, again, I could totally see my wife not even, like, knowing this. Um, she, she would know this one at least, I think. Um, oh, but, my. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, uh, take, oh, yeah, talking, no, you go, you go. Well, you're talking about the word H-A-R-L-O-T. See, all right. So yes, that's yes. different uh, meaning. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, did oh, you? it's different, but it doesn't matter at this point. Like, Did you actually read the story to Mrs. Poncho? Not, no, not yet. Um, I, I, I was, uh, well, I, I gave her the headline, and the headline kind of said that it rhymes with Charlotte. And okay. that was enough for her to immediately be like, uh-huh, I know what that is. <laughs> She's like, Harlot, yep. Yep, yep, that's it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it is, like you said, kind of, nobody really uses the word Harlot anymore around here, do they? No, I mean, not that I know. Uh, a few people, maybe, but I guess Gen Z, definitely not. Um, no. And so, uh yeah, so now now you got a uh, baby harlot, which does not sound good. Um, I, I feel like you need to get like a, a scarlet letter to put on that onesie or something. Um, baby harlot. I know, right? Exactly. Yeah. T- taking uh, taking to a baby name uh, forum on Reddit, the mom's cousin detailed the moment her family found out. I got a quote here. My mom burst out. You named the baby whore. <laughs> and my cousin started screaming. We we are a loud family, but holy heck, the, the poor child, harlot, harlot. It's so <laughs> horrific. I can't even call the baby the, the name. Um, so the, the cousin then admits that she's had to come up with a nickname for the baby. Now, mm. At this point, you need to just file like change of name documents altogether. All um, right. Yeah, so uh, comments on the post were baffled by the name with one questioning, why do people who have unlimited access to information at their fingertips refuse to use it for a simple search before ruining a baby's life? Uh, <laughs> now, the, the cousin said the woman wants to keep the name, but her <laughs> husband disagrees. So the, the husband also didn't know, okay? There's this, this <laughs> went by two people at least. Um, did the nurse not say anything or, the, the you know, when they want, I don't know. Um, oh my God. He, he is petitioning for it to be changed for the child's welfare, <laughs> which I personally, I, I agree with that, uh, but it's unclear how this is going to play oh. out. So I don't know. Who knows? We'll have a follow up. They'll, they'll probably name it something else. Like, like, uh, instead of harlot, they'll probably be like, um, oh, oh gosh, my. I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think about what, what would be another, uh, I'm not even sure where you could even get anywhere around that, you know? I know yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, just but to me, I would just love to be in the room when this whole thing went down, because here you have a a, a mother 
who is oblivious to what the word means, she thought she's being really creative and clever by blending grandma and grandpa's name together to give her daughter. And it turns out it could be the worst possible name you could ever give anybody ever in the history of mankind. You know. Oh, I know, yeah. I, you know, I'm just saying, like, the, the name, like, if they change the name, you know, yeah. they can change it to, like, like, all right, we finally changed the name. She could finally live a normal life named as Escort or something. You know, that, that's kind of like where I'm imagining the, the follow-up to be or something. Oh, mercy. That's just unbelievable. You know, I mean, the the, the, the extent that... And, and, and the fact is, even after she found out what it meant, she still wants to keep the name. To me, I would be mortified if I found out that's <laughs> no, what the yeah. name that's definitely not the right choice uh, to you keep know. a name like that. Oh, I mean, still, I, I don't know whether she's doing it because she wants to. I mean, I, I'm not even sure if that's the kind of honor I would even want my grandparents to even have. You know what I'm saying? You know, when oh, you combine yeah. grandma and grandpa's name, you get harlot. I mean, I mean, really? But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, but, this will be another like X-rated work email in the making. Uh huh. That's right. Exactly. That's what we had. We had a whole story about the X-rated work emails that would that has happened. But but still, I mean, ah, I just ah, I don't understand. I mean, people to the extent people will go. Well, I have a story here that I, I mean, it's pretty outrageous that the woman would want to keep her baby's name that. But it's even more outrageous where you've got your wife who is making some money on the only fan site. And not only is the husband okay with it, he is offering a lifetime subscription if you can do him a favor. Okay. <laughs> this is now this is what I call an offer, okay? I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy, Billy Strings. He's a they call him, I guess, a bluegrass stud. But um, Billy Strings, I guess he's gonna be on tour here coming up with a new uh, a new tour with Willie Nelson and Bob Dylan and John Mellencamp and Allison Krauss and I'm trying to think who else. Um, oh, geez, I can't think of the guy's name. Anyway, Billy Strings is going to be on this big tour. But he was in Nashville here recently for three shows. And he was going to be there three shows, two nights at Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, uh, in Tennessee. A big one-night-only performance while he was there. He was going to be at the historic Ryman Auditorium. Now, the show at the Ryman is completely sold out. Okay, so maybe just a handful of tickets left for the Bridgestone Arena show. But there's a guy in the national area has a creative offer because he wants to get his hands on a pair of these highly sought after tickets. Okay. Um, he puts okay. a, a post, put the, put the post out on this website called cash or trade offering a lifetime subscription to his wife's only fans account <laughs> for two, <laughs> for two tickets to see Billy, <laughs> to see Billy strings in Nashville. The man clarifies this. He says, this is a for real offer and provides a link to his wife's spicy OnlyFans page as proof he ain't messing around. He says, I mean, I get it, okay? I hate paying those insane Ticketmaster fees, too. He also goes on to say, I don't care where the seats are or the night. For two, uh, two for Billy, and you can see my hot, H-O-T-T, hot wife, naked, and chat with her. She goes by the name Stevie Vixen. So he's more or less um, <laughs> harloting his wife out on OnlyFans so he can get concert tickets. <laughs> and not only that, but like har harleting her out with a yeah. bad like Fleetwood Mac pun. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Now, <laughs> I don't know. Somebody is, is going to take him up on the offer, right? I don't know. 
I mean, I mean, Billy Strings, he, he's a pretty, does an incredible live show if you've ever seen his show. So, I mean, I guess it's kind of hard to blame him, but it's not really clear if a deal has happened or not. But I know one person did make him an offer. And I'm hoping, maybe assuming the second ticket was for his hot wife, but I'm not really sure. But yeah, he's, <laughs> he's prostituting his wife out for her OnlyFans page for a lifetime. You get a lifetime of subscription to his hot wife's OnlyFans account to see his wife naked so he can go to a Billy Strings concert. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I mean, the fact this guy's already a cuck anyways, right? For, you know, being cool with his wife, just, uh, you know. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, throwing it all out there. Now, what, what I want to know is when he says like a lifetime subscription, um, you know, is she going to be doing OnlyFans when she's 60 years old, 70 years old? Because that might make a difference between whether or not. I I would give the concert tickets to not see that, you know? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Right, right. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. I'm guessing his wife was okay with that. Yeah, I mean, I know, I guess. Um, which I think is wild. But, but, um, all that being said, uh, you know, prostituting your own wife out for concert tickets um <laughs> that's a low you know that is a low uh I, that would definitely land me uh in the doghouse um well well all we need now is to, for the epilogue of this story is for billy strings to find out about it and bring the guy on stage oh my gosh right yeah with, or bring not even the guy but just his wife you know? yeah uh-huh yeah be like all right i'm gonna uh you know and he'd probably be cool he'd probably be like hey uh, yeah, as long as you, uh, you know, take pictures and film there, then I would be happy to be able to make some money off of uh, a Billy yeah. Strings, you know, uh, <laughs> swap, whatever. Collab. Yeah. I don't even know. Um, yeah, I can't believe that. Well, look, uh, the one way, one, one way I know that this wouldn't work, I, I, I would never, never take the deal. Yeah. I found out that, that this guy offering it, uh, it was a uh, a Florida man, you know, if you had a Florida man kind of wife. Mm. I don't know if that's worth it. I think that the quality of the um, of the wife might play a role in the, yeah. uh, you know, the the, the tickets uh, for that. Um, though, you know, I say that I've got the most Florida wife. She's been born and raised here, um, mm. and and she is is very lovely and beautiful. Um, but we but did she, have just down the street from me, the Florida but man. She, but she is not a Florida woman. She, well, no, she, she is a Florida woman by, by, def, um, by birth, by definition, yeah, by birth, but like, yeah, not, not, not by like, by technicality, not by definition. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Um, you know, if you saw her, you wouldn't think Florida, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so yeah, we, look down the street. We just had the Florida Man Games uh, come here to figure oh, yeah. out who the best Florida man is. And, and you were um, going to go? Well, I, I, yeah, I, I, you wanted me to go, but I never got my tickets. Um, uh, man, you could have been our Florida correspondent down there, ma'am. I know. Yeah, they look. Like, <laughs> they don't. They, they're not like Ripley's where they just. Uh, you know, give you free <laughs> tickets to uh, show up and talk about it on your, your there radio you go. show or podcast. You never know. Um, you, never know. you never know. But uh, I will say that, you know, the, the um, games, that was a huge success. Uh, and I figured because we talked about it to begin with, uh, we had to have the, the follow-up here for, for the results. Yeah. So the, the inaugural Florida Man Games, they went down in St. August in Florida, and organizers called it a huge success. 
if you haven't heard of it, and that means that you haven't been listening to our podcast. Right, um, right. But hey, welcome, welcome. Uh, it's okay. Uh, you've missed a lot of good, like, mystery things up the butt and penis. <laughs> so you could catch up on a lot of those. You can catch um, up on it. I know. Um, so if you haven't heard it, it's basically like like the Olympics for the crazy Florida people. You know, from like the crazy headlines that you get uh, that are stereotypical. Events include things like a mullet contest, uh, a mud duel with pool noodles, and an evading arrest obstacle obstacle course where actual cops chase people down. And there's video and everything of this. Uh, it's not really clear how many fans ultimately showed up, but tickets cost around fifty bucks. And they were expecting over 5,000 people. Oh. And um, the, uh, the the best quote was from a guy named James Gordon, who won the barbecue pork and sausage meat eating contest. He <laughs> says, uh, I've lived in Florida my whole life. They're calling these events, but I'm calling this friggin' Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> right, so he's like, "Look, these aren't events. This is just this is a Tuesday, regular <laughs> Tuesday on in, in Florida here." Um, uh, and, and look, when I'm looking at the picture, I mean that's a good crowd that's out there. So, yeah. Um, well, there's a couple. We got actually able to get a couple audio clips of, of a few participants and the organizer, Pete Melfi, drinking beer, having fun with our friends. And then jousting somebody. Wild, messy, and hilarious. Alligators, nudity, and drugs. We couldn't get nudity and we couldn't get drugs. But we definitely got alligators out there, for sure. Man, honestly, because I love God and I love America. And I'm here to be a Florida man. Now, the only real issue was no women's divisions. Oh. Um, right? Uh, the only, and I think that like a man versus woman where, where you throw food at one another or something would yeah. seem... Based on our insane games, that, that seems like yeah. it would be a good Florida. Um, I would, I would think, or, or you know, like, maybe like a domestic dispute kind of event, yeah. something. Right. Um, they could come up with, with something I call the pork chop slap. Uh, pork chop slap. The, the only event that they had for women was Florida Ma'am pinup contest. You know, and that's really, <laughs> it's Florida Ma'am is what I, what I think when I hear that. Um, well, one of the judges at the games was Lori Fetrick, who played Ice on American Gladiators. She mm. suggested they add actual events for the ladies next year or hold a separate Florida woman games. Mm, that would be fun. Now, I wonder what that would look like. I, <laughs> I, I can tell you that my wife would uh, look out of place if there, she was at a Florida woman's <laughs> game. Yeah, really. That's, yeah, but still. I, I would have loved just to have been there just to watch everything. That's just, that's, I don't know why they haven't thought of that earlier, frankly, you know, that's just, oh, that's, yeah, that's right. perfect. that is perfect. No, you know, next year, you really have to make plans to go next year. Honestly, you really do. Okay. I mean, <laughs> the, the whole thing with the, 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 what was it that they had the, the mud, the, the mud duel with pool noodles. That would be you right there. You can, you can get in the mud duel. Yeah, yeah, well, I think I'd be pretty good at evading arrest too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's probably right. So, well, I mean, really, I I'm sure they had probably like a beer chugging cut contest or something. You have to have something with beer if you're going to be doing anything with Florida man, you know. But I I mean, I have just kind of started dipping my toe into the uh, adult beverages of beer because my son got me to taste a, a Yingling, which is really the only beer I've been able to. <laughs> 
That's yeah. really, how, how would you feel dipping something else in instead? <laughs> well, that's true. I, I you, you got where I was going with that transition. I, I, I know exactly where you're going. <laughs> so, but maybe, you know, other people that are listening might be a beer lover as well. But let me just see if you can really prove it here. Okay. There's a company out there called Blush. Not Bush, but Blush. They're selling a beer can sex toy. That's right. A beer can sex toy for men. Now, it looks like a regular 16-ounce can. Uh, but let's just say the inside is designed to uh, love up your unit, if you know what I mean. Okay. Now, some, <laughs> people, call, some people call these 16-ounce cans uh, pounders, which kind of seem relevant. you know. So, well... The label, it's kind of a take on the old Schlitz logo. You remember a Schlitz beer? Remember that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing the Schlitz oh, logo. Yeah, they're, they're obviously going to be calling it Slitz yeah, beer, well, right? That's right. Well, 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 the brand name is uh, Shags, okay? Oh, it's Shags, okay, yeah. <laughs> so they, they got three different versions here, okay? Depending on whether you prefer <laughs> lagers or ales or stouts, I guess. <laughs> These things go. All, all, I'm, all I'm thinking of right now is the the Austin Powers clip with the, uh, with the penis pump. He's like, "Yeah, sir, that's not mine, baby." Uh, like it says, uh, belongs to one A Austin Powers. Yes, <laughs> I've never that's... heard of it before. <laughs> instruction one instruction manual for uh... penis pump for A. Awesome powers. <laughs> so, well, these these things retail for like that's forty. That's my mojo. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so, if you got forty bucks, you can pick one of these suckers up. Looks like they've been available for a little while, but Advice.com did a big write up about these things, and it's just the latest in the ongoing quest to make everything bangable. Okay. Now, there was a story. You know, they make everything bangable. That's right. <laughs> that's like- Thing bangable. That's right. There's a story though about this new Stanley Tumbler sex toy. Now that was a big thing. It was going for these Stanley Stanley cups, Stanley tumblers. Now they got a sex toy for it, and this one also comes with an attachment, so the women can also use it. So, oh my gosh! I, I'm not sure what that attachment would be. I don't even want to ask. But I mean, these, if you want to check it out, it's, it's advice.com. But I mean, they're not exactly safe for work, so I'd be kind of watch yourself if you're going to check it out at work, you know. But uh, at any rate, though, uh, sh- uh, shags uh, certainly leaves a lot of room for improvement, okay? Like anything from the list I come up with for the top names for the sex toy beer can. I got to thinking about some things I could use and are some names for the sex toy beer can. I was thinking maybe, you know, the Paps Blue Grippin, you know, <laughs> or or the uh, Tight Claw is the one, or yeah. uh, Keybone Light. <laughs> I like that one, Keybone Light. Or of course, this was kind of easy. Rolling rock hard. <laughs> I know, that, that's my favorite one right now. <laughs> then there's Pudweiser, Saint Paul. Saint Paul E girl, the Saint Bali girl, I should say. Then there's Scores Spanquit, and of course there's Bush. <laughs> <laughs> that's too easy. That's so good, though. That's, that's <laughs> and uh, don't forget Heine Ken and Miller Genuine Shaft. So, so you know, we we've got all kinds of names we can come up with. You know, and I don't even want to think about what they can come up with with the name Yingling. So we'll just leave it at that. So, <laughs> Ying, you know. Ying uh, I don't know, Hung. I don't know. I. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> look, this definitely changes what what the P and IPA stands for for me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, the only thing I can think of uh, for this as well is it really changes the meaning to um, you know the the Piano Man song by Billy Joel. Uh-huh. There's an old man sitting next to me making love to his tonic and gin. Now I'm just imagining someone furiously masturbating in their beer can. Um, there you go. So, you know, that's an image in my mind now. Uh, but what's worse about this is if it's made to look like a beer can, what happens if you set it down on the counter afterwards and someone walks by and tries to, you know, yeah. Yeah, finish your beer for you instead. Yeah, they. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> they'll get finished, all right. <laughs> no, oh yeah. Um, well, uh, you know what? I have a feeling that I know what that special attachment is for, and yeah. they probably claim it's for the ladies. Uh, but they all know that the real reason is probably because they just want to be discreet for those weird, uh, you know, freaky men out there. You know. Um, yeah. The, the kilt wearing kind uh, <laughs> for easy access, you see. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, you tease this story too, and I, I had to pick it because it's <laughs> it's so wild. This one I actually did read to my wife because she's been wanting to go antique shopping for a while. Like she's like antique. She's like antiques are always so expensive, but she loves the idea of yeah. it. And uh, you know, we talked like a few weeks ago about the well, the haunted mirror that we found on Facebook Marketplace, and right, and. Right. And that that wasn't enough to to talk her out of wanting to go antiquing, though it has Sweet. made her start to second guess certain aspects about it. Yeah, um, yeah. They need to show her the video from the store. Oh my gosh, I didn't see that. There's video attachments. Oh, I'm watching this video afterwards. This is gonna be this is gonna be a good video. I, was, I read this one to her. Um, you know, and like this is this is the most convincing argument I've had so far. Uh, yeah. Based on her reaction to to not go antiquing, this guy is a that he's a six foot six, two hundred and fifty pound uh, dude. He likes to go around wearing a kilt. Uh, <laughs> now I, I know why because easy access. I, I teased it earlier. It's a six year old man, so he's sixty. This man well, named Mitchell Vest. Yeah, uh, he's facing charges after he walked into two antique stores in Houston wearing a kilt. Shoves yeah. items up his no-go hole, you know, that's his butt, and yeah. then he puts them back on the shelf. Oh, um, yeah, maybe he shoved a beer can up there, too, and put it back in, uh, you know, uh, yeah. while, while we're talking about weird beer can sex. Um, so he, he did it with uh, a makeup brush uh, and another item, uh, please yeah. describe as a hardware piece. Oh, uh, so, yeah, <laughs> that sounds... I mean, does he need a tetanus shot up there too? Um, the, oh then God. at the second store, he did it with an antique bottle opener <laughs> and some sort of vintage tobacco can. Oh, there you um, go. Yeah, all total, four <laughs> items were valued at just over two hundred dollars. Had to be thrown out. Oh, Employees God. also sanitized other items just in case. Yeah. yeah. Here is Susan Golden, the antique gallery manager, talking about what the cameras caught Mitchell Vest doing. I remember when I was disgusted. That night, uh, one of the dealers sent me a video that she had from a camera in her own booth. 
I think they've been in here before. The employees recognized them and said they were just, you know, the guy was really nice and she was nice and um, they just shopped around for a few hours. What did they do with those products? They threw them away mostly. Yeah, uh, so items in the rectum. Um, it sounds like he was there with his wife. Uh, which, uh, yeah, I, I, there's a whole lot of questions I've got. W workers said they'd uh, seen them both before and described Mitchell as really nice. He's hmm. facing charges for criminal mischief, and it'll be hard to deny that he did it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. The security footage, like you said, is, um, I, I guess, compelling. Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. Now, <laughs> I, I need to. Uh, I, I need to check out this guy's mugshot here. I'll, I'll describe it. Well, you, um, the footage is even better. Okay, and, oh, and this oh, is. Oh man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he kind of looks like like Fetterman. Um, yeah, he does. He does. Like Senator just a little, less lurchy than Fetterman, but um. Well, here's the thing. A little bit. One of the things that was not included in the story was the fact that the items that he did put back, the reason why they did throw them out was that there was actual fecal residue on them. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, oh, my word. But, I mean, just, I mean, what's crazy is there's one shot. He, the guy stands behind, like, like the shelf. So you really don't see him lift his kilt to put the stuff in his backside. But you know what he's doing. He just looks around, and then you see his hand goes <laughs> go behind his butt. And, and he stands there, and he, you, know, you can tell that the item is, like, inserted. And then he takes it out and then sets it back on the shelf and walks around and picks up another one and sticks it in his butt. Just hilarious to watch this guy go antique <laughs> shopping, you know. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah, you know, um, I, I, you know why you know why men wear kilts, don't you? I mean, it, it's because when the Lord looks down, he looks he's he's proud, and when the devil looks up, he's intimidated. Uh, is that is that the reason why? I, uh, <laughs> it's the first I've ever heard that. Um, I, I I always thought it was easy access, and uh, maybe, maybe like the breeze, you know? Yeah, exactly. Let, let them breathe down there or something. Uh, I know it, 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 this is definitely something you, you know, you don't really see every day. You know, I guess you could probably call it a whole new way of antiquing. That's what this guy did. You know, actually, you might say that some people in the store would say that these products stink. It's not because they're ugly. That much I can say, you know. <laughs> Well, what uh, there, there was a there was a joke about uh, in, in Scotland that the Scotsman was at a, the local pub, you know, had yeah. his kilt on, you know, and he got good and drunk at the, at the pub and decided, well, he's going to walk home. And so he's comes out of the pub and he's staggering down the side of the road, walking back down to his house in his kilt. And of course, you know, the further along he walks, the more he can't keep his stamina and finally just falls down, passes out on the side of the road. And a couple of hours later, some lovely, dainty, young Scottish lassies had finished at the pub and they were walking home. And they come upon this passed out Scotsman that was uh, in his kilt, uh, passed out on the side of the road. And one of the girls says, oh, she says, is it really true what the Scotsmans wear or don't wear under their kilts? And her friend says, well, let's find out. Well, sure enough, it was true. So one of the girls unties the blue ribbon from her hair and ties it onto the Scotsman's um, manhood. And they thought it was kind of cute and funny. So they went on back home. And the next morning, 
the Scotsman sobered up and woke up and looked down and saw the ribbon tied on him. And the first thing he said was, well, now, I don't know where you've been, but you've won first place. (laughs) (laughs) See, we Scotsmen, we're not modest one bit. So, and, uh, well, these um, pieces of manhood may not have had a blue ribbon wrapped around them, but... uh, uh, and you might be, if you got something like this, you might be taken back if you got like a cookie tin full of penises in the mail. But uh, not uh, not Dale Wells. Dale is, mm-hmm. uh, this, uh, this is a kind of a package that the British artist and gallery owner was hoping to get when he offered penis amnesty to anyone who returns the severed penises that have been snatched off of a statue of his town's mythological founder. <laughs> so, <laughs> a handwritten note scrawled out on a printed newspaper article about the missing members included in the package says, pick these up after cleaning granddad's house. Think they're what you're looking for. But the statue in question, <laughs> the statue in question is made of fiberglass. The Six mystery male penises are not fiberclass. Wells tells, as it happens, host uh, Niall Kozkal, he says it looks like clay. I mean, I haven't bitten into them or anything like that, but yeah, I think they're just simply clay. See, Wells, Dale Wells, he's the co-owner of the Turntable Gallery in Grimsby, England, which is home to a badly butchered statue of a naked man hoisting a small child, which is also naked, on his shoulders. So the statue was created by Douglas Wayne Hobson back in 1973. It depicts Grimm and Havelock, characters of the 13th century Middle English literature that are key figures in Grimsby's local lore. Legend has it that uh, Grimm, which is a Danish fisherman, was tasked with killing Havelock, a a child who was the rightful heir to the throne. But instead, Grimm spared Havelock's life and fled with him to England, where he founded the town of Grimsby. Now, he said, I don't have the... I don't think there's any truth to it all, but it's quite a nice story, is what he's uh, saying uh, to the TV show. He says the statue of Grimm and Havelock has been a target of vandals since it was first erected, pardon the pun, outside the Grimsby Academy in the 1970s. So Grimm has repeatedly had, had his penis purloined and his limbs lopped off while poor Havelock has also been decapitated. <laughs> so this vandalism to the statues. Evidently... Yeah. Eventually, it was finally moved to the gallery just for its own protection. But the vandalism continued even there unabated, so it was put into storage in 2016. So Wells estimates Grimm has had his um, knob robbed at least four or five times and has been replaced. Now, it sounds like a bit of a silly way of putting it, but almost it's the townspeople taking it into their ownership, he says. So if you can, he goes, I don't know. Break, out, break its willy off and keep it in your drawer or something. It's kind of part of the founder statue that's with you forever. So I guess if you live in Grimsby, England, and you happen to see the statue, go and break his willy off and it's a souvenir. I guess you can, you know, I don't know, but Anyway, I mean, I would I would find it very funny to to own something like that as a little piece of <laughs> I don't know history. A piece, of, <laughs> a piece of art, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I I mean, talk about a strange collector's item. You know what I'm saying? I mean, real. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Um, Some pilfered penises. Um, Pilfered penises from the statue. Yeah. (laughs) 
Oh man! I mean, I wouldn't like like I've heard people you know taking like like uh, street signs and and things that are funny and stuff too. So why? I mean, why not? Um, well, you know, the thing I guess is the fact that you know, yeah, you know, I mean, the 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 famous Michelangelo's David never had that problem. Well, I mean, maybe maybe uh, you know this founder was just a little bit more hung than David was, or something. <laughs> it's probably true. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> well, look. Um, I guess you've got two options with a thing like that, right? You could either have the the townspeople basically circumcising or castrating this poor uh, statue uh, to to you know take uh, a little piece of them home. Yeah. Or they could be trying to jam stuff up it, uh, you know, um, instead. Uh, <laughs> Because we know that this is a uh, most of our stupid stories' favorite pastimes. It seems oh yeah, like. and I don't know why this always happens. With, with like, let me you you let me know if there's anything going on with you because it seems like this is always with with older like older gentlemen. Wow. Uh, yeah, they yeah. Get curious, right? You get a six year old guy shoving stuff up his butt. Uh, yeah, or in this <clears> case, a seventy three year old man shoving batteries up his. Uh, you know his his stuff, his man, his, his Johnson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will say, you know, I, I kind of tease you. We've got a lot of these stories in the past earlier, but we finally have another one on the podcast. It's been a while since we uh, covered one of these um, <laughs> these kind of like per penis things on the, the podcast, and it's hard not to pick these to talk about because it's hilarious and weird. It is. Um, it is. Kind of in equal measures, I guess. I don't know. This is a guy's a 73 year old Australian man. He uh, sought urgent medical help after jamming three button style batteries into his penis. Um, mm. You know, maybe maybe it was uh, he thought he was you know uh, low on on battery and needed a little extra juice to cure his ED. I don't know. Well, um, actually, I was telling this uh, this story too. <laughs> To one of the to one of the guys that works at the local Sheets convenience store here, where where we are, and uh, he just smiled and says, "Well, I bet he got a charge out of that." Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, I did not mean to yawn there, but yes, uh, quite quite the shock, I think, um, for that. Uh, so, uh, and I guess the great, you know, if it was Duracell, it would just keep going and going. Um, oh, uh, but. Uh, According to the, the medical um, study published in Urology Case Reports, which uh, it seems to be one of the primary places we get these <laughs> stories from. <laughs> it's not the first time I've, I've said Urology Case Reports on this podcast. That's right. Um, Apparently we, need unidentified... get, we, we need to get a subscription to that thing, you I know? Was, I was just going to say the same thing. Uh, I knew exactly where you're going with that. Is it a good thing or a bad thing to get like the front cover of the urology case reports? Um, It kind of makes me think of like 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 one of those old crime dramas, you know, on today's episode of the urology case reports. Seventy-three year old Australian man, uh, you know, um, yeah. But look, we we know how it. We know the motive. The the motive is always the same. Yep. Um, this guy's unidentified, but he had been feeling his own sexual gratification by intentionally shoving batteries into his penile urethra. <laughs> Is there another kind? You know, um, I think you should get Robert Stack to host 
you know, urology case. <laughs> you know, Robert, that's exactly Robert Stack. That's it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, that, that is exactly kind of what, that's exactly what I'm going for. Um, yeah. So, well, look, uh, he admitted to regularly inserting foreign objects without them getting stuck inside. However, this time the batteries had moved further up the penile urethra due to repeated failed attempts at self removal. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, to the best of our understanding, this is the first reported case of urethral necrosis with button battery insertion. Um, the, the study authors wrote, um, and, and it is like, this is never what you want to be. You never want to be, you know, the, the case zero for something involving like this. Um, battery insertion. Like I know, right? Battery insertion. The man no. seeks medical attention 24 hours after inserting the three button batteries into his penile urethra. Uh, he, he I got a question. I got a question. This is button uh, battery insert. The button battery insertion, as opposed to antique butt insert insertion. Is that how that works? Antique butt. I well, I'm just like thinking, like you know, uh, what about double A? You know. <laughs> Triple A, and then, then then he works himself up to what? Double A? Uh, no D. D battery nine volts. Like where where does it end? Uh, is what I'm thinking. I, I mean, the, the watch a watch battery is. I mean, it's thin, but it's really wide, right? I, I don't know. Um, oh, well, man. he he presented to the emergency department with moderate penile pain, and and you know, I'm guessing he shows up. I I don't. I'm having pain here. I have no. I don't know why. I don't know. Um, as they show up, and they, and they probably just gonna claim he fell on it or something. Um, uh -huh, but um, yeah. there's no getting around this one. Um, like, well, I uh, I'm not gonna try to explain how that would even work. I, I don't I don't <laughs> even know how it could. Uh, severe paraphimosis and obstructive urinary symptoms, including weak urinary flow, straining, and a sensation of incomplete bladder emptying. Uh, yep. These are some of the complaints he had. Doctors then moved quickly to remove the foreign objects as their corrosiveness can cause necrosis, um, the, the death of body tissue, in just two hours. Wow. The doctors also feared the potentially rare but lethal infection of Fournier's um, gangrene, a, a type of flesh-eating disease that affects your scrotum, or penis, or perineum. <laughs> the, uh, after several unsuccessful approaches, the doctors were finally able to remove the batteries using forceps. Oh, um, yeah, no, I'm thinking, oh no. So basically, it's like his dick gave birth to batteries. Um, <laughs> all uh, all extracted batteries were coated with black tar like material, the study noted. So, oh gosh, like, you know, you know, when you, you get like you're changing your car battery or something and you see all that like um, corrosion around the, the yep. uh, yeah, I, I'm like almost imagining. Oh gosh! I, um, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, but this wasn't the end. As the man returned to the hospital ten days later, complaining of swelling and icky discharge, the doctors <laughs> then quickly operated on him again. An incision was made to the penile uh, skin. Researchers noted, adding that a large amount of fluids leaked out. Oh my gosh! Uh, oh, God. If anyone is not feeling squeamish now, then you you got uh, you know good on you. <laughs> Um, a stomach of steel, or, or you must not be a man. Uh, that might be the other, you know, thing that goes into that equation. Um, as for the study, the doctors' fears that the man developed an extensive degree of necrosis were realized. Oh, 
Part oh. of the man's urethra had to be removed, the study said. Given mm. the complexity of his injury, it uh, was deemed that formal penile urethral reconstruction would likely require a three-stage repair. Wow. According to the researchers who described the complex six-month procedure of, um, of like mucous membrane grafts. Wow. After assessing the extremely <clears throat> damaged penis, do- ultimately doctors decided that the best option would be for no further penile reconstruction. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, all I can say is it's a good thing he was like 70-something years old because at that point, I don't think he'd want to show it to anybody. Yeah, I know. Um, especially after that. I mean, after that story comes out anyways, he may not have the option. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my gosh. That's... Uh, uh, yeah, the the so the icky discharge is what got me. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, large oh, amount. Uh, I mean, the, there's usual large amounts of fluid that come out of that area, but I get the well, yeah. idea that it's not the kind that you um, yeah. would be expecting or then, wanting. And then the Fournier's gangrene that it would eat your penis and scrotum and everything else. That's that's not. That's nothing to sneeze at either, frankly. You know, I mean, that's no. Um, I'd say that's would, a little. Would that be considered like a, a bacterial blowjob? Well, yeah, it's definitely going to be a lot worse than your typical jock itch. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh! So, well, uh, yeah, I guess uh, if anything else, I mean, this is the point of this podcast. You see, is you think nothing could be as stupid as this, but. There's always something that can top it, okay? And it's for a reason because we don't want anybody putting button batteries up your Johnson. Yeah, That's, don't don't do it. Is this this is this is all done in the interest of uh, public and personal safety. You see, that's that's the whole point, okay? So, but and and also, you know, um, you you need to be careful when naming your baby. I think we've learned that lesson too. You know, whenever, it, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which leads us to some Ask Poncho questions where we do have somebody in a baby naming crisis and they would like Poncho to try to maybe give them a bit of insight and wisdom. Don't name it Harlot. Um, (laughs) That's my my advice. So, yeah, if you're going to name it after your grandparents, maybe talk to the grandparents first and see if they have some suggestions, you know, but. Anyway, we've, we've got this uh, person is written in, um, and they, they say, Dear Pancho, I'm seven months pregnant. My fiancé came to me over the weekend and said he would like to name our unborn daughter after his late fiancé. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> oh, this is crazy. She died just before they were supposed to marry. She goes, I was shocked and didn't know what to say. I get it that he wants to honor her late memory, but I want to look forward rather than back. I didn't give him an answer. All my friends say that I should just reject his request and come up with another name. But he says naming our daughter after his late fiance is the same as naming her after one of our female relatives. So should I acquiesce or not? Am I selfish whenever I say we need to focus on us, not them? And am I being petty and insecure for not honoring my fiance's request? I don't think that's petty and insecure. Um, I, I will say, like, if you like the name and you think it fits and you don't have any issues with it, sure. But that seems a little insensitive, I, I would think, <laughs> to you. Um, I get, like, if, if the person passed away, like, what can you do? And they, you know, obviously, like, if they didn't break up, then they 
th- things presumably were going well and, and you know but like I would be questioning whether or not this guy's got feelings for her like yeah and maybe maybe he does because again like the, the situation but at what point you know do you say hey we're getting married I like I can't have you uh, if you're not uh, passed like through that yeah. like you can't be hung up on this other lady and we're getting married um think about that so, every time they called the kid's name he's thinking about his ex fiance and that's exactly what I was going to get to next. Like uh, every single time that you you talk to this kid and everything, it's going to be oh the fiance. Oh, I'm thinking about my fiance. And, and like I don't know if that's even healthy to spend that <laughs> much time thinking. And again, like I, I, that's awful. I'm sorry that that happened. But um, I mean, after a certain <laughs> point, you have to realize like you're getting married to someone else. They have yeah. to like. I don't know. I, that, that's, I think yeah. it's a bad idea. Now, I if think, you're not going to be hurt by it and you right. like the name, you think it fits, there's nothing think, wrong with that at all. Yeah, but I think that I think, is I think maybe the groom, Well, yeah, I think maybe the groom could use a little extra premarital counseling. Yes, <laughs> that definitely could be the case, too. Um, that is, wow. That's actually pretty wild. Um, <laughs> I Yeah, I don't know. I don't see any way that that, that could... Look, yeah, I can't frame yeah. that in any kind of positive way. I, I could tell. Down. I could tell you didn't see that one coming down the down the road at all. No, oh, man, what in the world? I'm like, oh yeah, it's like you obviously disagree on a name or something, yeah. But no, that's like that's a very different um, scenario altogether. <laughs> um, okay, well, I've got one here too. Um, they say, "Help! Is it okay to post a pic of me and my kids on a dating website?" Uh, this, uh, a new year means a new me. Um, okay, well, that's that's not a good start already. Um, they say, I am finally ready to start dating. My, my family and I are arguing over my dating profile because I posted pictures of my children. They say hmm. it's wrong to do that. I disagree and believe it's best to be completely honest about having kids and how, some, uh, how much uh, they are a part of my life. Should pictures of your children be posted on a dating website? Um, hmm. I like, I don't feel super strong about this. Like, uh, maybe make sure that you're the prominent person in the picture, so they don't think that they're trying to start a date with a seven-year-old. You know, um, that that maybe be the one thing I say if you're going to do that. Um, I I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I mean, you know, w- will some people maybe you know not be into that? Um, sure, but like that's not the kind of person you might be dating if you've got kids, anyway. So right, like what's so the now, harm in, in doing if, that? But so if you were the single guy and you were on a dating website and the girl put a picture of her and her kids in the profile picture, that would not throw you off. Oh, it probably would. I, I you would not be. Well, hey, I've I've never been on like dating websites, anyways, because um, I, I've never had an issue. With uh, you know, finding I guess um, someone and meeting yeah. people, but uh, yeah, I, I I would probably skip past it. I mean, you know, now if I had my own kids, uh, you know, and and was in a similar boat, then I'd be thinking, hey, this is someone that maybe you know we both would be in a similar part of life or something together, and that there might be some in the bond. But um, so you might attra- attract like single dads or something, you know, that sure. way. Um, or, or do you think, uh, there's no name, maybe single moms or something. If um, do, you, do you think maybe does it send a different vibe if there's a 
single guy putting a picture with his kids on a dating website as opposed to a single mom posting pictures of her and her kids on a dating website. Oh, you know what? I, I, well, I think it definitely sends a different vibe because guys and girls are different. I could see a girl, I don't, and I don't know why, maybe I could be wrong, but I could see a girl being like, oh my gosh, such a good dad, look at him, and being attracted <laughs> to that. And I could see right. a guy being like, what? No, like, you know, like, uh, so like, keep that in mind, I guess, too. But um, I mean, end of the day, like for me, what I would think would be the better option would just be have a picture of you and put on your profile that you've got kids and they're a big part of your life. They don't need to see your kids uh, to get that. You can you can talk about them in the profile. So that way you're still being upfront well, or whatever you need. That's what I would do if I was in the situation. Depending um, on the kids i'm not sure i would want my kids in my profile because you never know if you're going to be marrying a perv well that, i mean that too that's the one thing i was thinking that you you run different risks and i don't i don't see why like why take on more risk than you have to you know if yeah. you're going to be like just get a picture of you and you're not you're not discounting anything it doesn't mean you love your kids less if anything it offers your kids privacy Maybe you can right. ask them if they're old enough. Like, do you, you know, do you want to be included in that or not? Um, and if it's a young kid, they're going to say yes to everything because this is what they do. Oh yeah. Um, but like, I, I think in general, like, if you have two options that are basically equally the same, and I say mostly equally the same, I mean like, your better option is going to be not having them there. But yeah. is there technically something wrong with it? No, but like, there's going to be less risk involved, um, right? By not having them there, so yeah, it, do that. It does. Like, it's not helping your chances by including them. So um, it, it, on the say, it does kind of say something about you that maybe it's an unspoken. It says something unspoken about you. Maybe that it communicates something about you that maybe not. Well, it may not be in, in your best interest. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. No, it, it doesn't seem like good vibes to me. Overall. Yeah. Well, what kind of vibe are you getting for uh, playing another round of insane games? I, I'm feeling good this week. Uh, oh, I, I think I'm on it. Yeah. Well, you, you, apparently, you must have had a really good week leading up to it. So you're all you're all psyched and ready to go. So, psyched and ready to go. Yeah. Get up close and personal with My Stupid World by interacting with the podcast through Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World's Telegram channel. I post the actual articles used in the podcast episodes every weekend from the week's collection of stupidity. When you join the channel, you'll get to read the actual stories, see the actual photos, or watch the actual videos from the stupidity that is talked about in each episode. And you can even make comments about what you read or seen, even comments with your suggestions or opinions about what I've talked about. You can even share the links to some of the stupid stories that you've encountered. Visit t.me slash insane Eric Lane. That's t.me slash insane E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E to see a preview of the channel and download Telegram Messenger, the app to your smartphone. It's also available in desktop versions as well, and it's supported on Windows, Linux, Apple, and Android platforms. Telegram is a secure messaging app that's gaining in popularity. You can learn more by visiting telegram.org.
Well, what are you psyched about getting into first then, if you're all ready to, to take this on full of full of steam ahead? Oh, man. Uh, let, let's start with um, strip club or daycare. Strip club or daycare. Well, we've got some great ones for you for this one here. We got some business names. You tell me if they are a either a strip club or a daycare based upon their name and location. Our first business name, this located in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, called Lil Wildcats. Lil Wildcats. Um oh man. Well Lil Wildcats. I, I'm gonna say this is a, a gosh, I don't know. I, maybe I'm going to look like a fool here, but I'm going to say it's a daycare. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'd want to take my kids to a place called Little Wildcats. Cause you, <laughs> you're not making me feel good about this one. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, though, it is a daycare, though. <laughs> oh, okay, good, yeah. Oh, those kids are little wildcats. I'll take them to a daycare. That's what we'll do. So, well, how about this one uh, in Jackson, Mississippi called Lil D's? Lil, Lil D's? Lil D's. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, okay, well, I'm... I'm um, is, is it D-E-E-S? No, D apostrophe oh, S. no. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I'm conflicted here because obviously this cannot be a daycare. Um, but at the same time, if it's a strip club, you would imagine... You know, uh, enlarged D's, um, you know, aroused D's, maybe we'll say. But I can't imagine this being a daycare. I'm going to say it's strip club. Yeah, well, it's only going to be enlarged D's if you have D-sized batteries inside. Okay, just so you know that. It's a strip club. Yes, that's exactly right. All right. How about this one? In Charlotte, not Harlot, but Charlotte, North Carolina. This is called Paper Doll. Paper Doll. Um, Well, I've heard of a paper tiger before. Uh, A paper doll. Is that like a, you know, um, like a a stripper that's all bite, but, you know, no, uh, Uh, (laughs) no, wait, all bark, no bite. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I I guess that paper doll, I'm going to say it's a strip club. You, you, you're probably too too young to even know what paper dolls even were. Uh, well, I can imagine cutting out like you know scissors yeah. or whatnot there and yeah. creating yeah. like you know dolls like, like you would a snowflake or something. Well, you know, you can put different kind of clothes on the paper doll. So I guess you know if you had no clothes on the paper doll, then that would be you're in a strip a strip club. I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. That's it. So, all right. Well, here's a business that's called. Bumblebee in Greenville, South Carolina. Bumblebee. Uh, Bumblebee is going to be a good place for a daycare. That sounds like a daycare kind of name. Yes, obviously. That's very obvious. Okay. Well, what about Sandy's Sandbox in Macon, Georgia? Sandy's Sandbox. This is uh, a little bit tougher. Um, You know, I'm 50-50 on this. And the, you know, let's bring our kids to Sandy's Sandbox. I don't know. For some reason, there's a vibe I'm getting from it that I'm just not a big fan of. And so I, I'm thinking that it, it's probably a different kind of box that they're talking about here. I'm going to say it's a strip club. <laughs> a different kind of box. I, or it could be a place that if your kids identify as a cat, maybe, you know, you know what I'm saying? It could be a, it's a yeah. place for furries or something, you know, but actually it's actually a, a daycare, believe it or not. So, yeah. <laughs> So, but it would be kind of interesting. Sandy sandboxes for your kid who thinks it's a furry. So you bring them over. And we got you know little sandboxes for them to go to the bathroom. So anyway, so what do you got up for next? We what, what's what's your next? What are you next feeling uh, charged up about? Oh man, um, let's go with um, porn star or weatherman. 
porn star or weatherman. We got some entertainers. You tell me if they would be either porn stars or weathermen. Your first entertainer, Dan Zero. Dan Zero. Um, how about um, Dan Zero? I think this is going to be a, a weatherman. Yeah, I say that really fast. Dan Zero. Oh, okay. Well, actually, it turns out he's a, a weatherman in New Jersey, believe it or not. All right. How about this entertainer named T.G. Shuck? T.G. Shuck. Um, oh, man. Um, I'm going to say T.G. Shuck is a porn star. <laughs> he's done shucking the corn. That's right. He's actually a Weatherman in Kentucky, believe it or not. Oh, man, I was thinking about what shucking is like with corn, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. How about uh, this entertainer, Cliff Mass? Cliff Mass. Um, Cliff Mass, I'm going to say, is. Um, well, I think that, you know, the mass is probably between his legs. And it's a, a porn star. <laughs> Somehow that's where I thought you would go with that. <laughs> weatherman <laughs> oh man that's too funny all right well how about this entertainer named carlo carrera carlo carrera oh this is going to be definitely a porn star oh yeah especially when you got k's in both of the names <laughs> definitely a porn star okay and your last entertainer rob piper rob piper um I'm going to say it's a weatherman. Oh, well, Rob Piper has got the, the Pied Piper. He's a porn star. So <laughs> yeah. Piper. He, he plays his pipe and all the girls come like, you know, <laughs> trance down, like in a trance or whatever. Um, uh, or he lets the girls play his pipe. That's even better. So, uh, yeah, actually, you know, that's probably right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. What, uh, what, what do you feel up to next? Um, oh, gosh. Well, let's do golf course or rehab. Okay, golf course or rehab. We've got some businesses here. You tell me, based on the name and location, if you think it could be a golf course or it could be a rehab. And here's one we may have heard this name before: Pinnacle Peak in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, Pinnacle Peak. Um, I'm going to say that this is a rehab. Even though it is in the golf capital of the world, Scottsdale, Arizona, it is a rehab. Yes, indeed. All right. Here's one in Wyoming, Rhode Island. It's called the Providence. The Providence. Um, hmm. I'm thinking rehab on this one again. I guess there is some divine providence in that. Yes, it is a rehab. Very good. Yeah. Uh, I like this one. It's called Cherry Blossom in Georgetown, Kentucky. Cherry Blossom. Um, yeah, I think golf course. Mm, nice. That's a very beautiful golf course within the cherry blossoms out there. Very good. All right. Here's one in Salem, Virginia called Mount Regis. Mount Regis. Um, Mount Regis, uh, I think, is going to be... Oh, gosh. Well, I don't know. If it's a mountain, I'm going to say rehab. Has a nice, lovely mountain in the background, I guess, right? It is a rehab. That is correct. All right. And your last one, it's called Bridge Haven in Fayetteville, West Virginia. Bridge Haven, I'm going to say this is a golf course. Bridge Haven in Fayetteville, West Virginia has kind of a rehab name to it, though, don't you think? No, no you're not going <laughs> to change my answer. No, well, it turns out it's, it's actually course. a golf course. You got all five yeah, no, of them. I, I know. <laughs> I, I was feeling real good about it today. <laughs>
<laughs> I think that's the first time ever you've hit all five. I can remember on golf course or rehab. That's great. All right. Uh, that leaves us, I guess, with what? Steakhouse or gay bar, right? That's left. And then, uh, the, and then the, the regular Florida, big uh, news of Florida, we always end on. Oh, we always end with that one. That's right. And look, it'd be funny if you got all five on golf course rehab and actually missed one on the uh, fake news of Florida. You know, that'd be <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? So, but our, we've got some businesses here. You tell me whether or not you think this could be a steakhouse or a gay bar. And I got to tell you, I talk to people about these insane games and they crack up laughing about the whole steakhouse gay bar concept. They just think it's hilarious. <laughs> so it, it is pretty funny. <laughs> all right. Your first business is called Firebirds in Indianapolis, Indiana. Firebirds. I have a steakhouse. <laughs> pretty obvious. <laughs> it's a steakhouse. Yeah. All right, here's one in Topeka, Kansas called North Star. North Star. Um, all right, this is getting a little bit tougher here. Um, North Star, oh gosh, there's nothing indicating one way or the other for me. So I'm going to say that this is, um, I'm going to say it's a, a steakhouse. Well, it turns out it is actually a steakhouse. That's exactly right. Okay. Here's one uh, in the Midwest city of Ames, Iowa, called Big Wigs. Big Wigs. Um, yeah, Big Wigs. I, I'm going to say Big Wigs is a gay bar. <laughs> well, I guess they wear them when they go in there. It is a gay bar. Exactly. That's for all the big wigs in town, I guess. All right. And uh, here's one interesting town. That this is, is uh, happens to be in Christmas, Michigan. And uh, the business is called Foggies. Foggies. Uh, Foggies is going to be a gay bar. <laughs> Foggy, might as well call them Foggy Bottoms. Oh, I see. In Christmas, Michigan. Foggies <clears throat> is a steakhouse, actually, believe it or not. So, all right. Well, here's one uh, interesting name for this called The Sun Trap in Salt Lake City, Utah. The Sun Trap. Um, well, uh, The Sun Trap, uh, oh, this is tough. I mean, I I'm leaning towards gay bar, though. Um, okay. Maybe like where the sun don't shine trap. Oh, I see. Well, the word trap is spelled with two P's. Oh, well, you know, my, yeah, I'm still sticking with it here. This is going to be a gay bar. Uh, well, it turns out it uh, actually is a gay bar. That's exactly It's where the sun don't shine, I guess. All right. All right. Not bad with that. So we head over to the headlines, whether they are fake news or Florida. These could be fake news or this could be a headline that actually happened in the state of Florida. Your first headline, a holiday man had his monkey taken away after the two of them were busted for driving a stolen car. Um, yeah, no, you're not going to have the monkey taken away for that. You're going to get arrested for it or something. This is a uh, fake news. Well, you know, Florida has lots of monkeys, you know. So, but this is actually a Florida story. Oh my gosh, is it really? <laughs> actually happened, exactly. So, all right, the next headline, Tallahassee police say a house cat started a fire by spilling a glass of whiskey onto a gas stove. Oh man, um, I will say Florida. <laughs> well, that is fake mm. news, believe it or not. <laughs> I should have done better on that one. Yes, I should have done better, I think. All right. Your next headline, a hospital security guard was fired for uploading his farts to Instagram. That, that is Florida. 
<laughs> Could have been in the Florida games. I'll bet. Huh? That is a Florida story. Very good. All right. Your next headline. An Orlando weatherman was fired for telling viewers that the temperature would dip below 50 degrees for the third effing day in a row. Um, I think this is Florida. <laughs> it is <laughs> fake news. <laughs> I think I've, I, I thought I heard that one before, but I, I thought it'd been in the context of it being yeah. fake. Yeah, I'm not doing good today, am I? Yeah, well, you know, I think it, it, what happened is you're so excited over winning all five of the correct answers in the golf new, golf course or rehab. You're, it's kind of got your equilibrium all messed up here, you know? So it, It's a zero-sum game. I borrowed from the Florida stories to, to yeah, you know, um, well, your the, last, the golf course. Well, your last headline here, police in Niceville say a naked man started a house fire while drunkenly baking cookies on his George Foreman grill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I used to know a girl from Niceville. Um, that is a Florida story. <laughs> yes, it is a Florida story. What, uh, what is with it? I don't why, why is it you have to do your, your, your grilling naked? That's the only thing that I just don't understand that, you know, but anyway... But uh, yeah, that just let that be a lesson to you. If you're gonna, you know, make cookies on your George Foreman grill, put some clothes on, you know. And yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, definitely. You know, if you're gonna honor Grandma and Grandpa, you might want to talk to them first before you just pick a baby name. <laughs> that too. So, so but uh, well, well, we we have a week off, and um, you know, like I said, if, if uh, yeah, I get some really interesting stories uh, from you as your as a, as a, as a, in your childhood days from your mother, I'm definitely gonna have to you know do a special. Bulletin podcast episode from Pigeon Forge. I mean, you, you know. should know all these stories, but anyways, well, there might be these, some. These, are, be these are long past old stories at this point. Yeah, yeah, this is true. But I, I will let you know, though, if I do get that job, you know, as a grandpa in a cutoff at the Ripley's, believe it or not, in Pigeon Forge. Uh huh. You know, I yeah, you know, I, I could be making. I could be a new side hustle. <laughs> right. Yeah. You'd be, be the greeter at the Ripley's, believe it or not. And um... <laughs> That's great. I'll be the, the greeter outside, standing there with or, my cousin. Uh, better yet, the, the mannequin that they have somewhere in there that people could take pictures with. Yeah, that's and it. You just got to stand really still, and then like, right. eventually you'll move and people will freak out. Freak out. That's it. Grandpa in the crop top. That's what we're going to go for. You know, that, that'll definitely be a believe it or not story for sure. So, all right. Well, have yourself a awesome week, and I guess we'll be talking about a week or more from now. I, I look forward to hearing about the cat house. Hey, Wero. Yeah, bro. Let's go to Captain Cork. They have the new Yanni cassette. Help spread the stupidity. Share, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, and give it a five-star rating because, hey, this is five-star stupidity. Rating and reviewing also helps the podcast to show up more prominently in searches when people are searching for stupidity. You can eliminate the buffering also when you stream the podcast on the poor cell or Wi-Fi coverage by downloading each episode to your podcast player. Podcast Attic is the app I use, and I recommend that for optimum performance. It's free. They have two types of paid versions, too. 
And in addition to this episode, there's always the midweek bonus episode featuring the Insane Week in Review and the Genius Awards for the stupendous stupidity. And, of course, uh, there are other surprises as well. Of course, besides that, in the weekend episode, you get the uh, insane Florida nephew, Pancho Guero, from Florida, where you can ask him any questions and pick his brain with his sage wisdom. Ask Pancho about anything. And you can also play along with Pancho and see how well you do in our insane game show every week on the weekend episodes. Every week after both episodes are published, I'll post all the articles that were used on both of the weekend episodes and the midweek bonus episodes, and they'll have them up on the Telegram Messenger channel when you join Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World. You can comment about them and share them with your friends. You can also post comments or suggestions about the podcast as well. You can preview that channel and get a link to download Telegram Messenger for your smartphone at t.me slash insaneericlane. That's t.me slash insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. It's absolutely free, available for desktop or mobile versions, and it's available for platforms that support Windows, Linux, Android, or Apple. Don't forget, follow me on social media. Just look for at Insane Eric Lane on Facebook or X, or just visit me at insaneericlane.com. <laughs>